our our city actually reached out to us. So they were super curious and on board um, with this movement just naturally. We're seeing that in other cities in Canada as well. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 100 with Carrie Timbers. Carrie reached out to me because she started a meetup group in Edmonton, Ontario that grew to be quite large, and she has created a tiny house community where there was none before. Carrie actually has been interested in the tiny house movement for years and finally decided to embark on her own build after several years of being involved in the community. It's an inspiring story, and we also learn more about what the laws and community is like in Canada. I hope you stick around for my conversation with Carrie Timbers. But before we get there, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. Whether you started at episode one or you recently started listening, I am so amazed that the show has reached 100 episodes. I know this should be monumental. Uh, It's kind of arbitrary. I would say that episode 104 might be more monumental because that would mean two years. Um, But I think I'm going to do a two-year anniversary special at some point in the next month or two. So make sure you stay subscribed. Um, But yeah, thank you so much. All of your questions and your comments and just the thoughtfulness and the care that you take while writing to me and sharing these episodes online, it just means a lot. I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast is probably my favorite tiny house related thing that I do online. And I do a lot of different tiny house related things online. So Thanks so much for your enthusiasm. I really appreciate it. I have no intention of stopping anytime soon. So make sure you stay tuned to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. All right, I am here with Carrie Timbers. In 2014, Carrie, along with two other tiny house enthusiasts, established a tiny house group called YEG Tiny Homes for Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. They began hosting meetings in local coffee shops, allowing people from all over the city to come together to talk about building tiny houses. The team worked with the city to discuss the importance of the tiny house movement and how it could improve the city's housing issues. Carrie is currently in the process of building a 16 foot tiny house, the Traveling Timber Tiny. With her builder. Carrie's goal with Tiny House is to travel through Canada and the US to inspire people to follow their dreams of tiny living and share from her journey for others to learn from. Carrie Timbers, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. Good to meet you and, and thanks for doing this. Um, so 2014, that's that's quite a long time ago, and and that's many years before starting your own tiny house build. I'm curious what what got you interested and and you know catalyzed your decision to to start the group way back then. Well, my journey's been a bit of a, a weaving one. In my mid twenties, I sort of realized that taking the standard route wasn't the way I wanted to go in life. 
you know, I did all the things, bought the house, bought the car, had the debt, and it was extremely stressful to me. And so I was looking for other ways to live, less expensive ways to live. And I stumbled across tiny homes and I fell in love as most people do because they're so amazing and so beautiful and so customized to everyone who uses them. And so I reached out to a couple people um, locally that were already doing a little bit of tiny house um, interest, I guess, within the city. And we just decided to start a group and we thought, let's get people together to talk about what they're doing and how they're building and the challenges they're coming up against. So are there tiny houses currently in Edmonton? Yes, there are not necessarily legally. <laughs> okay. So the city's actually quite, <laughs> the city's quite on board with legalizing it, but they're uncertain how to do it because as we all know, tiny houses aren't a legally recognized entity. So the city is actually working to adjust their bylaws to work within what we have now. So what they've recently done is they've approved mobile homes to be placed on a private yard. Um, so that would mean that if you're building a, a tiny house, it would have to be classified as a mobile home, which is an interesting take on it. So if, like. Would they be looking for like some kind of official classification, like a certification? Yes, they would. So that was just kind of the way to open up a path for people. I don't know anyone that's taken that path that had their tiny home classified as a mobile, mobile home. Of course, that would mean getting it permitted and permanently placed onto a property. The, the city has also gone towards secondary homes. So you can build a secondary property or sorry, home on your property. And a number of people are doing the secondary suites, but it, it's proving to be, it's an extent, right? Yeah. They're often referred to as, as ADUs in the States and they are very expensive when you talk about having to yes. pour a foundation and hook into your city's water and sewer and power. Um, it's usually much more, I've seen in the hundred to even $200,000 range versus a tiny home on wheels, which can be done for, for quite a bit less. Yep. That's for sure. Um, so I'm not convinced that that's necessarily the way that, to go, but the city is putting in an effort. They've asked um, the province of Alberta to start looking at building codes to include tiny homes on wheels. But of course, that's a big wheel to turn and hasn't quite happened yet. The folks we do have or that I know of that are living in tiny homes in the area some are doing that doing that in an RV park. We have a gentleman that actually went to um, the county and he's been approved as a farmhand property on a farm. So he's actually there legally. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So there's like a a provision for for providing housing for farm workers that you're yeah. able to use. 
<laughs> yeah, the benefits of rural Alberta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I see that a lot here in Vermont as well. Um, you'll often see like an RV or a travel trailer parked on a farm. Um, I've seen some tiny houses actually used for for housing on farms, but I think that's great. And so are you hopeful that at some point, you know, you will be able to live in a tiny house on wheels in Edmonton? Yeah, certainly. It would it would just give people the option to live tiny. We so I work closely with um, a local builder here because of our group. Um, we often hold open houses for the homes that he's built. He's currently building my home. Um, I'm number 15 for him. Oh, wow. Um, so in a lot of the time, yeah, <laughs> a lot of the times that we're showing these homes, the very first question is, where can I legally put this? And as soon as you say there's no legal place to put it, that just deters people. So you see all these hopeful people um, just wanting to live tiny with no option unless they do it illegally. Yeah. Yeah, that it's unfortunate. And and that kind of makes me say, wow, it's amazing that there are still so many people willing to do it, knowing that they're going into something that is not necessarily legal. Yeah, exactly. We're also seeing some builders who are um, becoming RVIA certified. So the tiny homes can become RV legal. Um, that limits you as well. Becoming a modular home builder limits you as well. So there's there's all sorts of limitations within the current laws, but there are possibilities, but you kind of have to go with one and stick with it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, there's no great solution other, in my opinion, other than creating a new class of housing, which are, you know, for tiny houses on wheels and on foundation. Um, but that then it's a big debate in the tiny house movement, actually, about whether whether they should be classified as RVs or, or as homes. Exactly. Are you going with with a certification? No, I'm not. Actually, my house, I'm not necessarily looking to park permanently quite yet. Uh, my dream with the tiny house is to be able to travel with it for a couple of years. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you know, I read that in your bio. Tell me about, about your plans. Do you have a, a, a route picked out yet? And, you know, <laughs> what makes you want to hit the road with the tiny? Uh, no route picked out quite yet. I want to see all the beautiful thing, places that there are in North America. You know, Canada is so full of stunning places and completely different from one coast to the next and everything in between. United States is the same as well. So I'd just like to travel North America and see beautiful places. But not only that, I want to show people what's possible. You know, we're no longer tied to working nine to five and going to offices. We can work remotely and we can get out there and enjoy life a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the promise of, of the tiny house lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me a bit about your house design. 16 feet is, is quite tiny in this day and age. <laughs> yes, we're seeing them go bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. And I'm not going to lie, when I first started designing my tiny house, 
four or five years ago, I was, I was a big dreamer as well. I had to fit everything into it. And I was over 30 feet, just like some of these ones that you're seeing, you know, through your show, through different interviews that are happening, I'm seeing folks that have moved into tiny homes and quite a few of them seem to say, when you ask them what they would do differently, they seem to say, I would have gone smaller because I didn't realize how little I needed. So that's definitely part of the reason I'm so small. The other part of the reason, of course, is because I'm planning to travel with it. We wanted to keep it super lightweight and easy to travel with. Yeah, that's that's really smart, in my opinion, to if you are planning to travel in your tiny to just go a bit smaller. Do you know what the projected weight what you're shooting for? We're we're trying to keep it under 7,500 pounds. Awesome. Yeah, that'll be very towable. <laughs> yeah, she's she's quite small. But the beauty of this project has been trying to make it extremely efficient. And that's actually been my favorite part of it. Just thinking everything through, all of the cabinets that you need, you know, how big do they actually need to be? I've had everything out of my own cupboard in my home. And I said, okay, I really need this in my tiny home. Where would that fit? So I tried to think through absolutely everything I would need uh, without having too much I didn't. Smart. I want to yeah. go back to kind of your, your advocacy work. Um, is this something, is what you've been doing at Edmonton something that other Canadians can kind of replicate and kind of see what you're doing and maybe use what you've figured out to approach their own cities and towns? Our, our city actually reached out to us. So they were super curious and on board um, with this movement just naturally. We're seeing that in other cities in Canada as well. There are um, various groups throughout Canada, just like ours. And, um, you know, everyone's trying to move it forward and it's fantastic. There's also a national Canadian group. I'm blanking on the name of the group right now, Tiny Home Alliance, I believe it's called. Um, and they're trying to push forward, just getting them legalized. That's great. That's great to hear that there's, um, there's work being done north of us. Um, cause I, you yeah. know, behind the United States, um, Canada is the next, you know, biggest group of listeners of this show. So, um, I see you guys, I see you all there and, you know, hopefully this is some good <laughs> info for, for everyone in Canada to start learning about what's going on there. Um, fantastic. Yeah. On behalf of Canada, we do love you, Ethan. <laughs> oh, well, I love Canada too. Um. Vermont is very close to Canada, and uh, sometimes I wish we would secede and join you. But that's that's another conversation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Canada not political. Canada not known for its warm weather. Curious, um, what you know? How are you going to heat and insulate your your little house so that it can survive the cold Edmonton winters? Yeah. Uh, let me just say that um, my favorite part when you're interviewing folks is you always throw in the question, what about in colder climate? And so that's actually helped me a lot along the way. Um, my builder's fantastic. 
um, and he makes sure that everything's covered from an insulation standpoint. I'll be heating with a propane heater in mine. And I also have a secondary heat source. It's um, a carbon film. And so it's underfloor heating and it is electric, but does not use much power. So my thought is if I heat the mass, then it will help keep um, my tiny house warmer during cold times. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I had no idea existed. I, I guess when I did my tiny house, I thought that in-floor heat meant running pipes everywhere. And, yeah. you know, if you're going to be hooked up to the grid, even if it doesn't actually heat your space that much, just having the floors a little bit warmer is is has got to be really nice because the floors are quite chilly in the tiny house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and this only cost me about $200. And as long as you put it under a floating floor, it it works well. So. I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad that. Nice. Yeah, I guess you can't, you can't nail through it. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's a plastic uh, film and it just has carbon throughout. So yeah, it, it, hopefully it works well for me. Nice. Has the builder used it before? Uh, no, he actually does, typically does the boiler system with the radiant and floor heating. Ah, He's typically building, yeah, <laughs> he's typically building uh, larger tiny homes. You know, here in Canada, those units are quite expensive and they don't make smaller units for smaller homes. So it's a, a standard home unit that they typically use. So it's quite expensive to do, which was just another reason for me not to. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, um, how it goes for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'll keep everyone posted for sure. Yeah. And so it sounds like the house is going to be done soon, right? We're talking at the beginning of February and and you said when we were chatting before the interview that it'll be March. Yeah, we're aiming for the end of March. So right now it's all framed, um, has the windows and doors in and we're actually doing a really unique lighting feature outside. So he'll get to work on that right away. And then uh, we'll be roughing in the plumbing and the electrical spray foam. And it's it's go time. Nice. So with 16 um, feet long, it, it's not going to take much to build that out. <laughs> Is the design an original design or are you working off of off of a preset of plans? It is completely original, and I apologize to my builder quite frequently. Um, I have the tendency to become super creative, <laughs> and I'm often saying to him, "Hey, do you think we can do this?" Thankfully, he's uh, he's on board with with trying new things, and he's super excited about how creative this this build is as well. That's fantastic. Are you planning to document or share? your journey in any way when you when you do take to the road? Yes, for sure. So we're going to start documenting as soon as the build gets moving, which is happening this week. So for the next few months, we'll be documenting the build and then we will be documenting the journey as well. Nice. So do you think you'll do like a YouTube channel, just a blog? Like, do you, do you know what you're going to do? Uh, right now, I'm planning on blogging for sure. I will be YouTubing. I don't have a YouTube channel quite yet, but yeah, we'll be doing everything on Instagram, Facebook. We might even stick our, our toe into TikTok, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, 
I am not I'm not on TikTok. If anybody listening thinks I should be on TikTok, please email me and let me know and also teach me how to use it. <laughs> maybe you could be the first tiny houser on TikTok. I, although I don't know, maybe there are. There are already. quite a few on there right now. Oh. Yeah, there, there's a couple schoolies on there as well. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to learn how to use TikTok now because I want to see the tiny houses on TikTok. <laughs> For sure. Everyone check it out. Nice. So is there a part of Canada that you would say is like the epicenter of tiny houses in Canada? Um, BC is known for their hippie type of culture. And so they've been more widely accepted in BC. Um, uh, and of course, it suits it suits BC quite well. Yeah. We do the coastal have climate is nice, too. <laughs> Exactly. The warmest place in Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say BC is probably leading a little bit, but we see so many everywhere. Um, you know, Quebec has quite a few. Ontario is big with tiny homes. And of course, here in Alberta, we're seeing a ton of them. There was almost a project that moved forward close to the mountains, uh, just outside of Calgary. And unfortunately, the, the town um, wasn't up for it. It it made it most of the way through the approval process, and then the uh, the residents felt that it it didn't suit the town. So that was that was uh, sad, and yeah, yeah. It's it's always a bummer that you're at the mercy of people who don't believe in the tiny house movement to mm -hmm. approve you to live in the tiny house or create the community. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of my favorite tiny house builders is in quebec and i'm i'm blanking on the name sorry say that again minimalist yes minimalist um yeah. they've been building for years and years i've been following them on instagram and just the work is amazing i've actually right. I, I, I actually want to get them on the show too it's a good reminder huh? <laughs> you should for sure they do beautiful stuff yeah and just a great you know any builders in Canada, if they've built more than one tiny house and they have repeat customers, they've had to figure out the heating piece, um, just like we do here <laughs> in the Northeast. Um, and it is yep. it is a challenge. It's 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 different. You know, these tiny houses are maybe better suited for warmer climates or just easier, but they're not. It's not impossible to do in a cold climate. Yeah, that's right. You know, one of the things that I learned from you, you were talking about how your um, cupboard tended to hold the cold in the winter. And so one of the things we're going to be doing on mine is creating cutout handles instead of door handles, door pulls, allowing hopefully a little bit of circulation of the of the cold air to come through. But, you know, I think about the warmer climates as well, and some places get quite hot. And so you actually want them to have the same insulation value so that you can run an air conditioner and keep it cool as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's a smart idea to do the cutouts. I, again, I'm, I'm interested to hear how it works when, when it, when you get in there. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. I hope it works. <laughs> well, if not, just leave the door open. <laughs> yeah, that was what you had to do, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I still do. If 
whenever I leave the tiny house, I leave a couple cabinets open. And if it's going to be really cold, then I'll leave them all open. (laughs) For sure. Um, Do you have like a tow vehicle picked out yet? Do you know how you're going to move this thing around? Not yet. If anyone has suggestions, you know, I've got people all around me. Um, Some are taught Dodge fans, some are Chevy fans, some are Ford fans. And I am just you know, I'm not picky. I just want it to work and um, be reliable. So um, the nice thing is because of the weight I'm towing of only 7,500 pounds, um, I don't need a heavy duty pickup truck, but I'm going to be putting strain on the vehicle quite a bit if I'm traveling for such long periods of time. So I do want something that can hold up. Yeah, absolutely. There's always the U-Haul route um, I don't know how Alexis and Christian do it just because it, it's terrifying to me to tow like a 20 foot tiny house behind a 20 foot U-Haul. But that's how they move yeah. theirs around the country. And, you know, let let someone else's vehicle get all the strain. Of course, it, it is fairly <laughs> expensive to rent them, but you don't have to buy a truck. Right. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I, I've thought about that as well. They are heavier duty, I believe. I, I think they're the Ford E350s, if I'm correct. Um, so, yeah, they are the heavy duty pickup truck body. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing that I like to ask all my guests is what are two or three resources that, you know, helped you out along on your tiny house journey that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, for sure. You have been a big one as of recently, um, since I started my build, I actually officially gave the go ahead about a year ago, but we had some delays along the way, but just listening to your podcast and learning from your guests has been huge for me. Um, of course, you know, watching all of the tiny house shows and Pinterest, I spend hours on Pinterest, (laughs) um, is huge as far as a design standpoint. There's so much creativity in, um, functional building on Pinterest. Um, and then, you know, the, being part of the community here has also been huge. Um, I can't, I can't suggest more that people should reach out and talk to people who are living in tiny homes get a feel for what's working for them, what's not. I spend a lot of time going through RVs, surprisingly. I know we, we're we not big fans in the tiny house world of RVs, but there is a lot of years of creativity in how they design their, their um, product. And so I, I picked up a lot of tips from, hey, they put this here, they hid this here. Um, you know, that was super helpful in my design. Yeah, that's a great tip. Um, RVs have been around for a long time and they've they've been squeezing a lot into a little space. Well, I'm really excited to see your design after after this conversation. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. I can't wait to un- unveil it. It's like birthing a baby, you know. It's it's been um on my heart and in my my brain for a number of years now, so I can't wait to see it come to life as well. Have you kind of intentionally kept it like secret or like, you know, people you're not sharing the designs until the house is done? <laughs> um, I've let a couple things out. Um, the exterior design feature I am keeping secret because I am so excited about it. I know no one else has done it. 
Um, and it's kind of a rural Canadian girl thing for me. So <laughs> whether other people will think it's cool, I don't know. But yeah, I, I will be more than happy to share. I mean, as it comes together. Nice. My last question is, um, do you have any advice for someone who is maybe interested in starting a local tiny house, you know, meetup type enthusiast group? Yeah, for sure. Just do it. You know, we started out with five people and uh, we grew to probably close to 100 coming to our meetings. We ran out of spaces. They started um, they started becoming so big. There's so much interest out there. Anyone can start one of these groups. And what we started to realize was just how much people are craving community. And they want to know that there's other people out there thinking the way they do and um, coming across the struggles that they're coming across in either deciding to build a tiny home or during their tiny home build. And so, um, you know, you just get it out there and people will find it because quite often people are on the internet looking for resources. Well, that's fantastic advice. Um, Just do it. Build it and they will come. Just do it. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I waited a long time to go forward with my build, thinking that everything had to be perfect before I started. And when I finally just made the decision, it it was like, what was I waiting for this whole time? You know, you just got to, sometimes you just got to go for it. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Carrie Timbers, thank you so much for, for being a guest on the show. It was great to meet you. And now you've really got my attention uh, on this, this unique exterior design feature. So we're going to have to see some pictures soon. Excellent. Thank you, Ethan, for having me today. Thank you so much to our guest, Carrie Timbers, for being a guest on the show today. You can find the show notes, including links to Carrie's website and photos of her tiny house build at thetinyhouse.net slash 100. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 100. Well, that's all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.